morning, family. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today we celebrate our risen Lord. Jesus, having suffered the worst that hate and sin could dish out, died on the cross, but was raised to new life on the third day. The resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. It signifies Jesus' divinity and his victory over sin and death. And it's a source of hope and comfort to all who love him and believe in him. Let's read one account of that resurrection morning some 2,000 years ago. Let's read from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. Mary had returned to the tomb and was standing outside crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in and saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Why are you crying? the angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why are you crying, he asked her. Whom are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned toward him. Master, she exclaimed. Don't touch me, he cautioned, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them that I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. New experiences can be frightening, can't they? When I was growing up, our family moved a lot, 15 times before I left for college. Each time we settled in a new neighborhood, all of the signs had odd place names. Finding our way around was a challenge, and each new school was filled with unfamiliar faces. But like it or not, we are all affected by major life changes, and they can be daunting. If you've ever had a baby, your life changed in dramatic ways, didn't it? A tiny, helpless person required all of your attention and energy at all times, preventing you from sleeping or eating normally. And it was especially difficult if you were alone, right? And losing someone you care about is always heartbreaking, isn't it? Well, in our gospel reading today, Mary Magdalene was grieving alone. She was at the tomb. She had lost Jesus. But now to make matters worse, his body was missing. It appeared that grave robbers had kidnapped him. Mary had treasured Jesus' friendship. He'd cared for her when no one else would give her the time of day. He made her feel like she had importance. To him, she had value. He had forgiven all of her sins. Mary felt seen and heard when she was with Jesus, and thanks to him, she believed in God's goodness. But now that Jesus had died, and with his body inexplicably missing from his tomb, how was she supposed to face life? It felt like God had abandoned her. 
How could she go on living, let alone believing in God, now that her friend and teacher was gone forever? Now, Mary isn't the only one who has ever wondered how to keep on trusting God when things go wrong, is she? I mean, who hasn't felt the devastation of unexpected loss, right? Even if the change is for the better, something inside us wants to cling to old habits and to never let them go. But on the morning of the first day of the week, and much to her surprise, in the midst of her grief and loss, Mary found herself face to face with Jesus, the risen Lord. She didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. But there he was. He was still alive. She was convinced that he was dead. But now he was standing right in front of her, fully alive. Of course she tried to keep him close. Wouldn't you? Don't touch me, Jesus said. Don't hold on to me. You see, Mary longed for the good old days before the cross. Do not hold on to me, Jesus said, despite the fact that it made perfect sense for Mary to do precisely that. Don't hold on to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, God isn't finished yet. Things are happening. There is still work to be done. If Mary clung too tightly to how she used to know Jesus, she may have missed the new thing that God was doing. If she held too tightly to the way things used to be, she would miss out on the joy of his resurrection. God was doing something new right there in that graveyard that Mary did not understand. He had changed. Now he is the resurrected Christ. Mary, tell the others about this good news, Jesus said. Tell them that God is doing something new and that you have witnessed it. God was somehow using Jesus' crucifixion to bring about new life for the entire world, and Mary was supposed to go out into that world and act as if God was really shaping the crucifixion disaster into something extraordinarily good. God takes the pain and death that everyone experiences and blesses their wounds. Mary, have you seen God in the midst of this terrifying week, even in your own bereavement? Of course you have. Now go and share it with others. Does God still do the same today? Think about those who have lost loved ones to violence or disease. In the wake of their loss, many have found comfort in the kindness and compassion of healthcare workers or in the resilience and the strength of their communities. Some have even found new directions and new purposes for their lives by working to prevent others from losing loved ones in the same way or in helping others who experience similar tragic losses. What about when a person loses their job? It may seem like a disaster at first, but in time they find better opportunities and new relationships that they wouldn't have had otherwise, right? You see, God takes difficult situations and turns them into blessings. We can find God at work in our life changes, even when things appear to be hopeless and irredeemable. We could be like the woman I heard about the other day. She is slowly losing her husband to Alzheimer's. And she longs for the good old days when they could be together living in the house that he built for them with his own two hands. 
so she pays daily visits to his nursing home. And when she arrives, she and some of the other regular visitors gather in the gazebo outside the nursing home to share lemonade. They laugh and they play cards. People can tell they're having a good time just by looking at them. In fact, they invite other visitors. Hey, come share some lemonade with us, they say. In a way, they're witnessing to the rest of the world. Hey, we're laughing. We're enjoying life, even here in the midst of this darkness. Even from where we are, we're making the most of our time together. We've seen the Lord even here, and he's doing something good. So how does God take your pain and bless your wounds? Can you live as if God has transformed all the frightening newness in your life into a blessing? You have witnessed the Lord. That is God's resurrection promise to us today. May we, like Mary, go and tell the world that the new things God is doing are amazing. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle Father, we come before you today with grateful hearts. We believe that you have conquered sin and death through the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of your love that was demonstrated through his sacrifice and the victory we have through his resurrection. Help us to live our lives to please you and to be faithful witnesses of your love and grace to others. Help us to remember that you are the God of new things. May we always remember that Jesus is alive and present with us and that we can turn to him for guidance and for strength and for hope. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering and facing difficult circumstances in their lives. May they find comfort and peace in your presence, and may they know that you are with them always. We also ask that you bless our families, friends, and communities, and that you guide us in our relationships with one another. Help us to love one another as you have loved us, and to be a reflection of your grace to the world around us. Give us hearts of compassion. Help us to care for and to care about the last, the least, the lost, the lonely, and the left out. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today. I really do hope these words were helpful to you, and if they were, Will you like, review, and share this episode? You know, if you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and to benefit from these words. By the way, if you have a need or a prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section and be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what, right? Remember, 
with Jesus. We always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen. 